This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. I am your host, Anne Gripper, and a very belated happy Thanksgiving to our American listeners. We were so busy talking about Prince Andrew and that that incredible interview uh, last week that I totally forgot to mention, uh, to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, I think. Um, thank you uh, to Elizabeth Holmes for such a nice recommendation to um, her Instagram followers that people should listen to us over the holiday weekend. So welcome to our new listeners and um, any other listeners who've joined us from wherever. Uh, I am joined via Skype this time uh, by Russell Myers. We are separated by several thousand miles and some internet, but hopefully the Skype will be playing ball and he will be able to tell us all about his adventures and also about what has been going on back home because obviously there is a second instalment of Prince Andrew interview-related matters to discuss. Um, But Russell, uh, where in the world are you? Where have you been? What has been going on? What time is it, crucially? And um, yeah. Hello. Hello. I don't even know what time it is because I get into the habit of not changing my watch from UK time, so I know what time I need to file by. So I know it's Total six pro. o'clock in the UK. Where are we? Uh, I am four hours ahead. I am at ten o'clock. I am in beautiful Muscat in Amman, uh, having been in Kuwait and Kuwait City uh, earlier in the week, and uh, I've been on tour with Prince William uh, on his final tour of the year at uh, in the Middle East. It's been it's been jolly good fun. So, what, what, I guess, what was the purpose of the tour initially? Who who was it on behalf? Yeah, of? So, yeah, yeah. A lot of people have been asking that actually. So it was on behalf of the Foreign Office, which is normally the the part of course for you know big uh, big tours like this, obviously, um, to explore. I mean, the the sort of spiel that we get from sort of Kensington Palace is. Uh, um, to ex- you know, to explore and celebrate the uh, relationship and deep, lasting connections between you know, these Middle Eastern states and Britain, and and I suppose that is um, uh, an accurate um, representation of it, really. But also, I think it's um, it's a uh, it's a big coup for the um, for countries in the Middle East for Prince William to come and visit them, especially when there's been uh, quite a lot of um, contentious issues, certainly. In um, in Oman, along the Straits of Hormuz, um, with the with the ships being um, captured and um, uh, by by Iran, really. So it's uh, it's certainly a big a big power play to have him here, and um, and it's it's been very successful. It's been quite a whistle stop tour. We, we flew out on on Sunday evening. William arrived, and he's been um, very very busy in Kuwait for a couple of days, and uh, and we've been in um, in Oman for a couple of days as well. So have you learnt things about these two countries, which I have to say I'm very unfamiliar with, although I think Oman was being touted as a, 
as a, a sort of up and coming holiday destination for luxury travel quite recently, actually. But- Absolutely. I mean, Amman has blown me away. I mean, we've been very, very fortunate that we've, um, and normally on these sorts of tours, especially when you're rushing around, I think I've said this before, sometimes it can be a bit like a glorified school trip. And we do, we are very fortunate and we do get to go to some amazing places. But when you're, you know, doing very, very long hours, but being hustled and bustled onto buses and different modes of transport in order to get to um, all these engagements. Sometimes it can be a little bit busy to try and take in your surroundings. Um, certainly Kuwait is uh, sort of a t- typically, I mean, it's on the, it's, it's still on the coast, but we were, we were in the desert quite a lot. Uh, William was visiting, um, he was doing quite a lot of de- desert engagements uh, and he was doing stuff about the environment as well, um, things about climate change on the coastal paths of, of Kuwait. But but we've, I was lucky enough to, to fly in the Emir of um, Kuwait's private plane, although we were, we, were in the, we were in the backs with the, in the cheap seats, but... Uh, the Duke and his team were obviously at the front. However, we, we were did, we did go on the plane uh, flying to uh, a naval base here in um, in Oman, and we went on um, a, a helicopter as well to go to this this naval base. So we got to see an awful lot of it from the air. And I went out. To, we went down to the mountains today to to do um, something with Outward Bound, which is a, obviously a UK charity, but there's um, uh, an Omani arm as well. So we've I've seen an awful lot of the country. I feel, and I, it is a breathtaking country. The scenery is absolutely stunning. I mean, it's it's a hugely mountainous place, and some of it is you know it looks like straight out of Mars. It's um it's uh, some stunning sunsets and really breathtaking uh, countryside and scenery. So. Yes, I, I totally agree. I could, I could definitely understand why you'd want to come here on holiday. So if anyone's thinking of it, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. And we've been very, very well looked after. Everyone's been very welcoming. Well, looking at the the pictures that have been coming through, which is how I have mainly um, been observing this tour, in all honesty, um, the it feels like it f- kind of falls into two elements. There's kind of the politicsy statesman like you know meetings with the the important leaders of the two countries and then a bit of army stuff on the side and then there's kind of been a the sort of a real feeling of like environment and science well this is a big issue isn't it and you know us at the mirror we're we're very in tune with it a couple of weeks ago we did our climate change edition which has been very well received certainly um the royals are thinking that this is something that they want to move into. I mean, Charles has been a lifelong environmentalist, hasn't it? We knew, you know, Harry and Meghan are, are pretty savvy in that um, in that arena, and definitely, I think this is something we're going to see a bit. Uh, William doing a bit more of. Um, uh, yeah, on the on the first day, he was definitely interested in doing something um, sort of along the ecology of Kuwait and how they're trying to. Um, to trying to create an industry, really, because obviously these these two countries are very very heavily reliant on oil, and those, and these oil reserves are, are drying up, and that's that's probably why Oman is trying to tout itself as a tourist destination. And I imagine they will succeed out of that. But also, to, they're looking at new industries, new things that they can to try and um, you know uh, build an economy with. Um, and and with with William as well, he made these comments about you know he sees that plastic is the enemy, and Charles has been making these speeches since the seventies. So I think it is a natural progression, especially when Charles, you know, the countless countdown is on. Although we're not sort of wishing the Queen to you know to abdicate or you know, dare say it, pass away, 
But the countdown is obviously on that Charles will become king and he won't be able to make these necessary bold statements as the, you know, like he's been used to whilst he's the monarch. And, you know, he's already said that himself. So I think that the boys will definitely take that mantle from their father. And I think, no, it, will, it won't be any surprise if you see over the next couple of years, certainly, that they are a lot more um, in tune with these environmental issues and, and, are, um, and are, are making a big play for it. I, so there's there's various pictures that I've, I've really enjoyed seeing. So there's one um, where William's kind of, you know, walking into some uh, really grand building in his suit, kind of flanked by the security guy in front and then um, some there's some men in the kind of the traditional um, dress uh, of the Middle East, like walking alongside him. And it, but he just looks mm. like he's kind of really statesmanlike. I'm here, we're all here, this is business. And it's a, like a grand setting. It's proper sort of... Uh, not uh, stage managed is not isn't the word, but you know it's really Im- uh, it really makes an impression. And then the yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we, you know, when I went to um, that was his first foray into the Middle East, and when I went to Israel, Jordan, and um, you know Palestine with him last year, and the people I was speaking to in the palace were saying, "Listen, this is a real big deal for him. He's very, very interested in the Middle East. He, he essentially wants to make it one of his life's projects." And I definitely think we're, you know, this is coming to fruition now. He's um, he's very, very diligent. He was, um, you know, revising uh, an awful lot over, over several weeks to come on these on on these trips. He, he's he's you know he's meeting members of the ruling royal family, top politicians, you know, kings, the sultan. He's meeting the sultan of uh, of Amman tonight. Um, he, he'd obviously met the emir of Q8 and so he needs to have high level discussions with these people about and be in tune about Britain's place in the Middle East, the security issues that affect it, you know he's speaking on climate change as well which is a big deal here Um, and we are seeing uh, you know we've said this numerous times haven't we, we are going to see him develop into this much more statesmanlike role whereas Harry and Meghan don't necessarily have to do that, Harry especially doesn't necessarily have to do that so uh, with William being groomed to be king, Charles is passing the mantle over to him, and um, and and that's certainly the the direction he's going in. So um, it, it definitely is. There's, there's an awful lot of um, statesman-like poses and presentations that you will see him uh, have on these and on these trips, and um, and he, and, he, and he does them very very well. Yeah, so I think he carries off that stuff really well. And then there's also some of the other pictures where he kind of. He, there's a little bit of his dad's awkwardness maybe and I don't know it's just the picture the pictures of him when he's kind of like looking looking down a, a binoculars or, or a, a telescope out out into the desert or something where yes. it looks he sort yeah. of looks it sort of it looks a bit like a misfit somehow yeah I mean he was he was having a bit of a joke actually because he said to one of the reporters he was sort of panned around with the binoculars and he said oh the lesser no, the lesser spotted royal press pack <laughs> so he was on really good form and you know he, it shows that he's he is comfortable doing these you know these big jobs and he, he, he i think he's very very comfortable in his own skin anyway but um it's not all business i mean there is there is sort of opportunities to uh, to, to have a you know a bit of de- a, not downtime, but he's quite he's just quite relaxed in these settings, experiencing um, it as a place. Yeah, I, well, and yeah, and, and yeah, I, I do think so because I think he's a, he is actually I don't think I know he's a, he's he's fascinated by the region, um, by what potential obviously Britain's links can have in the future with the region, and he's and he's very very interested in trying to be sort of a bastion for Middle East peace as well. So I think. This, this is a job for life, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, it's not just, as it was pointed out to me last year when we were having these conversations with his team, 
Um, this isn't just, he's not like a, a prime minister or a politician or someone in the foreign office where you do maybe a five potentially sort of 10 year stint he's got this job for life so it's definitely um, one of the big issues that he is interested in and he's very very well received wherever he goes at the, um, at the risk of being slightly mean about our future king mm. um, so there was also there were some pictures of him um, so he was doing the kind of the uh, the army were doing some manoeuvres in the desert or something and then there was another speedboat exhibition where it was sort of a bit like one of those James Bond scenes where there's a you know a speedboat heading off but he looked sort of he was sitting there sort of quite prim and proper somehow and actually I felt he looked a lot more at home when he was wearing the uh, the lab coat and looking down a microscope he kind of it, I thought oh he looks like a sci- he looks like a science he looks like a scientist I think Harry looks <laughs> Harry looks somehow more at home He's in those rugged, kind of like rugged yeah. and uh, you know out with out with the military doing things I mean you know obviously William was a helicopter pilot and 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 did live in that environment but in a in a different way somehow and it just I don't know it it just I think it's, me it's, those pictures yeah yeah I know what you mean I mean it's, it's the, the, the one you were referring to was yesterday and that was um there the art the army the British army contingent out here where there's there's a you know, the three forces there's air force navy and British army out here training the Amalis looking um to you know to, in ways that they can work together and learn off them and, and what have you but they set up some sort of training practice where, and I always find they're a little bit awkward these things because he's sort of walking around not getting involved and sort of there's soldiers running about doing this sort of war games exercise and he's just sort of supposed to observe and, and take it all in and it's all a bit chaotic and then the thing on the boat I was on the boat which was just behind him and it was it was a bit you know we I felt that he he was enjoying it but also He's trying to, you know, he's, he's very conscious of where he was. I mean, he was only 20 miles from the Iranian border. And to have a, a member of the British royal family um, so close to Iran with all the tensions that's going on at the moment, them capturing, you know, one of our ships, which made headlines around, around the world recently, there's definitely um, a lot of tension in that region. And I just think he was very, very conscious not to be seen to be having a jolly, if it were, you know, or pictured sort of laughing or, or looking too James Bond-esque. So, I mean, in that sort of case, he's damned if he does, damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Um, and, you know, he just needs to be very, very focused rather than sort of enjoying it, which... Um, which we'd all love to do, ripping round on a speedboat. Um, oh. Although I did, I did enjoy it. It was. Um, it I'm, was another I'm glad you enjoyed it, Russell. Are there, are there <laughs> any um, are there any particular standout moments um, or important things that have happened? Uh, do you think over the last couple of days that um, you'll remember or that you'll remember, or you think actually tell us something about William and as how he is now and how you know how he feels about things. Well, definitely, uh, like I just said, I think we're going to see him doing a lot more things on climate change and the environment. These comments, you know, they're not just um, off-the-cuff comments. I do think he thinks about them, and he is very aware that, the, you know, this, the, the travelling press pack will pick up on it, talking about plastic as the enemy. Um, I think we'll see a lot more of, um, of him being dedicating himself to that sort of arena. Um, I was particularly impressed today. There was a... Uh, an engagement in the sort of deepest deep in the mountains in Oman, um, to, going to rural communities and talking to them about how they're sort of diversifying their economy 
and the, the actual people he was meeting was was people with um from outward bound now outward bound is an originally a uk charity uh, that you know um, edu- sort of educates through adventure really young people gives them life skills and it's now, become a term why... in itself we you know going out you know being outward bound is going outward outside bound. in the countryside and doing things and adventures and like i don't know building tents and stuff well quite interestingly well i, I thought this was quite um interesting because um Prince Andrew was the uh, patron up until last week when his resignation was accepted. I imagine he was uh, he uh, he put that in before he was pushed because Outward Bound were one of the first organisations to immediately say that they were considering their role with him. Now he had only taken on the patronage of this um, uh, organisation from his father. He had only taken on the, early this year, I think it was spring, from his father, Duke of Edinburgh, who had held it, I believe, since 1953. So it was a big deal for Andrew to have taken it over, and obviously he's now left it in disgrace after his um, awful performances and the scandal which is engulfing, well, still engulfing the royal family, which is um, about his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. So you've heard it here first. I think that Prince William is a shoo-in to become the new royal patron of Outward Bound, and I think that that is a really good opportunity for him to stay, to you know, to again make his mark on a big organisation like that that has franchises around the world. That in working with young people is has certainly has a base here in the Middle East as well, and I think that. Um, uh, William would be a fantastic ambassador, and he you know, he does inspire quite a lot of young people. He is um, he's quite young at heart himself, even though he's sort of going into this uh, statesman-like foray of his royal life. And I think he would um, he would be a, he'd be a great addition. So was this so, yeah. was this visit always on the cards? Was it always part of the schedule, or was it a late addition? What the outward bound? Well, yeah. I think the whole thing was quite a late addition to to, to the calendar. Really, I got I just got the impression that. Um, I mean, it's gone without hitch. It's been, it was very well planned. But normally, um, I think there's, you know, reading between the lines, there's a lot more briefings about things like this. Uh, I, I think this was put together at short notice. The program was still pretty full on. It was, a, it was a good program. There was lots of different elements in it. Obviously, been meeting, you know, the, the, the kings and royal families, down to local youngsters, going out into different environments. So it had, it had everything, even though it's sort of four days long. Um, well, three full days, really. But uh, I, I still don't know the sort of reasons why, potentially because there's been this animosity and um, issues going on in the Straits of Hormuz with the, with, the, with the shipping and the cargo. Um, so maybe I think the Foreign Office probably thought that it was, you know, quite a bit of soft diplomacy, him coming here, it looks good, um, you know, nice nice way to end the year for, for him as well. So, um, again, I think we'll, we would definitely see him do do more stuff in the region over the next few oh, years. But w- so. What I guess I meant was, is the was the Outward Bound a late addition well, to the programme? Because obviously, you know, the Prince Andrew stuff all happened last week. Has it happened? Yeah. Do, do you feel like it's happened since then, or was it already? No, I do. I do believe it. I, I do believe it was planned. I okay. think that Outward Bound is is something that was is um is you know taking off a bit more in in this region. Um, and 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 perhaps it was just. I'll do a bit of investigation, shall I? I won't, okay. I won't claim to say. That. I don't know. So, um, all right. Uh, well, it's always nice to find something. That would be something. really interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be really, really interesting if it was a late edition and they are priming him to to have this big announcement. I mean, I certainly don't know whether he's going to be um, announced, but I just think that that would be my safest bet. So, so I'll claim the exclusive. Yeah, well, 
well, I mean, I do like to find things that you don't know and, and catch you out. But one one thing that we do know, confirmed, is Kate has definitely got a new patronage because she was out uh, at Family Action for the... Well, she was yes. she visited them earlier um, this year, but it was her first uh, visitor's patron. She was looking very Christmassy in her red puffer jacket and then having a you know lovely day doing <laughs> letters to Father Christmas and picking Christmas trees with the children. Yeah, I mean, it all looked... Nice lovely and magical and uh, you know she just looked um i mean this sounds fairly dreadful saying this as a you know a woman who wants women to be doing good things and doing important work in you know politics and the media and and everywhere Mm. but she just looked really happy and natural walking along holding with you know holding a a child's hand on each side as they're walking through this like magical enchanted forest yeah she's just great with kids really isn't she i mean she's just she's very very at home um I think Kate has probably been, you know, under pressure sometimes to you know, come, come forward and say what she's about and what sort of causes she's she's really interested in. But again, these is these are jobs for life. They're not just thirty you know, thirty year careers. There's something that they want to make lasting legacies with. And I think by doing this, by having this patronage passed over to her by the Queen, who's held it for sixty five years. Um, this charity family action, which is, you know, it will definitely help her focus on her sort of early years work, and the 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 charity is all about supporting children and their um, their families at times of crisis and um, vulnerable and disadvantaged children, and I think that that's this is a perfect sort of marriage between the two. Uh, so she, I think, I, I think it's perfect, perfect one. And again, we're going to see a lot more of this because the Queen is. Um, stepping back from some patronages, which is totally understandable. There's probably hundreds of them. So, uh, you know, over the next couple of years, certainly we'll see a lot more passed down to um, to the younger members of the family. But this one in particular is a perfect fit. Such as, I, like, you know, like, that's why I believe that William's a perfect fit for out, outward um, outward bound. And him having outward bound complements quite nicely. Kate having the scouts, probably. Yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, we have a shout out for, for Kate's pussy bow. Oh, what? Uh, How did the, I miss the Mary pussy Berry. bow? Have you not seen it? Oh, in the Mary Berry, yes. The Mary Berry pictures. I was gonna, you know, I was gonna um, so that, a shout out to you. Oh yeah, well that is some the Mary Berry Christmas special with William and Kate is going to be something to look forward to. I mean, Mary Berry, obviously a, a, a British institution and national treasure who has, you know, kind of really taken off i don't know how long great british bake-off has been on us in on us on our screens but i wasn't aware i was not aware of her work until she launched into the public consciousness with great british bake-off and you know has in her later life become you know a uh, very much cooking royalty who is who is known around the country as opposed to possibly just cooking royalty who was known by the people who knew stuff um so that would be a fu- it look it should be a fun watch as well and feeling all christmasy and kate's dress was lovely so that would be a, a good one to see um Kate was looking lovely at the NATO reception yesterday as well. Um, your friend Rebecca English uh, was rating the outfit as uh, good sources, telling her it was McQueen, Kate's green, yes. Kate's green dress. Yes, she told me to. So what some people saying it was Amelia. Amelia Wick- Wickstead was, was a suggestion. Wickstead. And they were wrong. And they were wrong. Well, they they were trying to. They were trying to. Um, investigate and identify doing the, the matching this looks a little bit like a collar from this outfit and this collection and maybe it's this because when you've not got not got any information it's trying to trying to hunt it down which is a fun a fun challenge and in 
fact, there is an episode coming up very soon when we talk a little bit more about that with some of our internet friends, which I've been... Um, I recorded a little while ago, but there's been so much news going on that we've just not not had a chance to get it out. But I think maybe next week will be the week, hopefully. I mean, Mm. unless the world implodes, because who knows? I mean, we have got general election next Thursday. We have. But maybe that's all the better reason to get um, it out. Yeah, NATO. Well, there's been loads of strands to it, hasn't there? I mean, it's not enough for... Yeah, you the know, Andrew not going his first big engagement that he wasn't going to be at, and he would have absolutely relished being there. Could you imagine him working the room, shaking hands with all the uh, important world leaders? Now he was obviously banished that he he wouldn't he, he couldn't attend. William's not there obviously because he's here um, on this tour. Harry and Meghan weren't there because they've taken this leave of absence in inverted commas um whilst Kate they're on looked holiday like she was charming the room the people she that she was, was chatting with the, the, she literally looked well, really aminate, aminated animated in her in her discussions that she was having in the kind of the pictures that were being taken you know she was she, I think she's coming into her own she's getting a lot more confident and i think that she's just finally thinking you know i'm going to go out and do it and she's doing and she's thinking, every every time i've seen her recently she's absolutely nailing it so um although I, who's probably not in the good books it was trump because apparently he, he held he kept charles and camilla waiting an hour at clarence house when they invited him for tea oh oh and this is so this is i think probably what the um what did the gossipy world leaders were chatting about later which has caused so oh, much yeah, so stars, much embarrassment and that you know just justin trudeau gesturing like their jaws dropped to the floor so um um so my husband no, he's been called two by, uh, oh yeah is he there? My husband, he he wasn't there yesterday. He's there today. But um, the so, you know, normally, he, so his explanation to me, shout out Ben, um, was that normally when you have a bilateral meeting, there are remarks at the top. So, um, oh. a bilateral meeting would be uh, two leaders. I guess it's, to a certain extent, it's what Prince William had in Kuwait and Amman, where you oh. you know the the leaders of the two countries are going to sit down in front of those flags as they do, and then have a conversation about yes. you know. State matters, and they will do remarks at the top, which is essentially really a photo call. And um, mainly they're just chatting and saying, Hi, nice to be here. How are you doing? And, you know, passing the time of day so that those photos look natural, really. But, um, you know, uh, President Trump is quite happy to just chat. So people will just lob questions at him and he will answer them. And so suddenly, I think it was uh, Jens Stoltenberg, who's maybe the leader of NATO, I think it was him, uh, rather than, you know, a quick two minute photo call, snap, 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 leave them to it to have their actual proper conversation uh he was he was feel, he was fielding questions as if it was a press conference which yeah. is you know that's the that is the um different way of doing things or one of the different ways of doing things that i guess you either you love or you hate and then so i, I did think there was a picture of the queen walking along next to melania who looked i thought looked really fab or certainly very striking in cape. her yellow cape outfit now, a yes. bit of sort of magenta underneath you know like really sort of bright sharp colors but i could just imagine the queen and melania having a little chit chat about what it's like being married to someone who you're never quite sure what's going to come out of their mouth when and they have a f- habit of putting <laughs> their foot in it and they're quite opinionated about things and uh, it doesn't always go very well was uh, in my head that would be that that would be the conversation that I would love them to have been having 
Um, Going but, to be a fly on the wall. Oh yes. So obviously there's the, there's obviously a lot of interesting conversations. Some of it is unfortunately for Trudeau, he was sort of picked up, and now it's uh, yes. causing quite a lot of embarrassment. Well, so that, and Princess Anne was in that circle as well when this was all going on as well. So that was an interesting an interesting element of it. So there's t- there's kind of two strands of Princess Anne's presence at at the NATO reception at uh, Buckingham Palace. So there's the fact that she's kind of on the outskirts of this of this conversation between probably I think four or five leaders um and Anne is the the talking talking out of school about one of your colleagues essentially um uh in a in a way that is caught and is embarrassing let's face it it's not very nice when you're meant to be getting there getting together to work together and uh and talk you know it's just a bit embarrassing yeah yeah it's fun for us because it's fascinating to watch but princess anne has been trending all day today partly because of that and then partly because of the the little bit of video that was captured of her so uh the receiving line was um the queen prince charles camilla i think that was it i don't think there was anyone else in it so they were you know saying greeting uh donald trump and melania and then uh there seemed to be some kind of a communication going on between um the queen and princess anne in the doorway and i think we did speak previously actually about um i can't remember who it was was it harry or someone having to be sort of beckoned into the room and brought out of the shadows at a different um at a different event earlier in the year when president trump was visiting and there was a sort of a question of should were they meant to be more in the room or not so there was a kind of a flurry of oh you know someone thought that the queen was telling princess anne off for not being in the room already and but there's no reason why she should have been in the room i know but (laughs) brilliantly it's, it's actually when you find out um, what has gone on. So there's a, there's a lady from the press association who deciphered the audio, and then Valentine Lowe shared it on on Twitter. So yes. it's, it's actually just quite a nice moment of a mother and her eldest daughter having yes. a, having a bit of a laugh in a in Very a so. in a formal space when you know someone's the back of the queue essentially, and she the queen's turning to see who's who's next, and Anne's like it's me with her little and epi- then and, epic and, and shrug. The Points to the to the members of the household behind her. It is yeah, it is an epic shrug. You're right, but it's it is just oh, it's just it's just funny. So yes, people. It's been very funny, and it's gone viral, isn't it? Even Val's um, tweets have, have been picked up by websites, and uh, you know, an awful lot of retweets and stuff. But he he had been he, he said, okay, here goes Princess and the Truth. And if you haven't seen this um, thread, then check out Valentine Low of the Times, my esteemed colleague, and he is a. Uh, and and the and the sleuth is Laura from the Laura Elston from the uh, press press association. So check it out. Oh well, yeah. That. So you well done to the pair of them. Absolutely. Um, right. So we've had our fun. Now let's yes. now let's get to the bit that is definitely not fun for the royal family uh, at the moment, or for the victims of Jeffrey Epstein, who are the we, who are the ones who are you know bringing all of this pressure essentially because of um of their experience and because they believe that prince andrew or they allege that prince andrew was involved in it um so there was a new interview on monday night on panorama with uh virginia jeffrey who was virginia roberts who is the woman who alleges that she had sex with prince andrew three times at jeffrey epstein's behest essentially um allegations which the duke of york strenuously denies um with uh, along with Buckingham Palace and they have consistently and you know as we talked about in the previous episode on the news nights you know essentially said this never happened I never met her it wasn't it, it just wasn't this situation um 
and then uh, also apparently the 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 crisis lunch of Prince Andrew and his family to work out what was what was going mm. on. So, um, what is well, the situation? Yeah. So again, um, it's it's still going on this crisis. So certainly, it's not going away. Even though Andrew has stepped down from several organisations, others have dumped him. He's taking this you know, well extended leave of absence, stepping back from public life. I would be absolutely astonished if we ever see him again. The reports, uh, well, the interview that um, he gave, the fallout is continuing from that. The uh, the next interview that aired on Monday of Virginia Roberts Gouffray who um, was speaking about the the allegations that she's made um, the specifics that she she mentions about you know, whether it's Andrew sweating them going to this nightclub that she was trafficked allegedly by Jeffrey Epstein and um, his former girlfriend Ghislaine Maxwell and I think, but overall, I think she's come across as quite a believable um, potential witness that people have sort of compared and contrasted the two interviews, and Andrew does not come across. Um, very well at all um, and there's further developments this week because there is another woman who has come forward and has suggested or claimed that she uh, saw Prince Andrew and Virginia Roberts in this nightclub tramp in London, the one where he is alleged to have been sweating profusely, uh, according to Virginia. And if this woman said, well, this woman says she is willing to talk to the FBI and make a statement. Now, if this is the case, it will be potentially very, very worrying and damaging for Andrew and Buckingham Palace together because if he is deemed to have lied or misconstrued the truth then it is an absolute it's going to set off a nuclear bomb inside the palace so it's um, this is not going away anytime soon obviously the FBI are looking very very closely into these claims and I believe that there are going to be more witnesses coming forward so um, it's it's going to be a very very um, tricky time for the palace to manage it I think and they're, they're struggling anyway yeah, certainly. I mean, various listeners did ask me whether um, Panorama was going to be airing in the US at any stage, and I have not got an answer at the moment. I don't know whether you know, Russell. but um, I don't, but yeah, I'll, um, I'll, 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 I'll try and find out. I imagine it will, because, you know, things like that are, um, are you know, it's this story's got garnered worldwide attention, hasn't it? And they yeah. would, um, I think, people are crying to see it. I think the thing that, um, watching it, the I guess the difference with the Prince Andrew... Uh, interview which was relatively sterile somehow you know it was a kind of a, a serious mm-hmm. interview with Emily Maitlis this one was a lot more there was a lot more emotion um because it's it, it's the other side there was but you also got a sense I mean leaving leaving Prince Andrew out of it but the what how they are describing the Jeffrey Epstein situation kind of just the level of um sleaze and grubbiness of it all and and um and how we could use power and money to get away with it for so long and be trafficking young girls and this you know how people were claiming not to have you know noticed what his activities were i think it's um it's a very very grubby affair isn't it and also that kind of the insidious control of people Mm. and how um how somebody doesn't have to be physically trapped to be trapped um and you know that kind of the the laws have changed relatively recently in the uk about sort of things coercive control it's it's called in a you know in a in a relationship if you are 
made to if you are if you are trapped essentially by you know your partner um preventing you having access to money or sort of gradually grinding you down essentially Mm. to make you believe that there is no there is no escape and you're so entangled in the whole situation Mm. and things that are not normal have been made to be normal by being in that Mm. just totally abnormal environment so it was it was a, I mean it was a very uncomfortable watch all of it um did you, have you had a chance to watch it from out <laughs> yeah from I did I did I watched it on Monday yeah I did we um we, it was a couple of us had a, a little screening we managed to watch it live and I, I I did think it was potentially you know the devastating comments uh that that just re- I recall now is when she um, she's quite upfront it says listen yeah I was, I was a 17 year old girl very young and uh so, uh, yeah sometimes I, I might be a bit hazy on the dates or even the places but you never forget the face of a man who has been say bearing down on you or something heaving over like, you I think it was and it's just that is heaving over you and I just thought that is just so explosive that you are talking to a, a woman who says she is a victim of um, sex trafficking. She has been ab- claims to have been abused, as she says, by a member of the royal family. And when it and when it's the you know the victim or alleged victim saying these powerful, very powerful statements, it is absolutely impossible not to sit up and take notice. And I think that the palace will be um, very, very concerned that even her. Um, she, that she is making these claims on British television, and now it is at their front door. There is absolutely no way that they can avoid it. Um, and it's it, this is not just going to be solved from Andrew stepping back, as he puts it, from public life. You know, as he says, for the foreseeable future. Well, that for, you know that that will that that's it for eternity, as far as I'm concerned. I, I cannot ever see him coming back. It's um, the, the damage is is, is absolutely, absolutely cataclysmic at the moment. Because um, it was. It, the the this interview is almost more powerful because you'd got Prince Andrew's interview beforehand. Well, so they were the, side they by were, side, well, interlinking them as well. So that's why it is an interesting um, program to watch because they were feeding in and reminding the viewer of how awful his interview was. And then you've got the very very powerful testimony of Virginia Roberts saying, you know, the, this is what happened to me, and I want people to believe me because this is not right. It shouldn't be allowed to happen. And then you flick back to Andrew and he. You know, he's you know the eyebrow raising, the the, the laughing, and you know whether that was nervous laughter or whatever. It was just an absolute. It was just awful. So um, I think a lot of people are uh, are sitting up and taking notice now, even if they hadn't before. And then a couple of sort of new details that emerged from it. So there were new pictures that came out of Prince Andrew Epstein and um, his girlfriend Gillian Maxwell uh, walking around at Royal Ascot in two thousand, which is obviously you know, yeah. you know at the heart of one of the big society events essentially and then also um about an email that was sent at very like very early in the morning um at sort of 10 to 6 in the morning emailing Gillen saying let me know when we can talk got some specific questions to ask you about Virginia Roberts and this was in the um documents that were um put forward as part of the the legal case in America essentially um so that was after an initial approach for comments i think yeah the duke had been approached for comments ahead of um virginia's original um claims so this is back in 2015 Mm. um 
So, you know. Well, again, again that just the, the, that just does not look good. I mean, he could he could potentially say that I was contacting a friend and she had been making these allegations about me, and I was just sounding a friend out. However, it seems as though he was very very he was in cahoots with Ghislaine. I mean, we even know he'd seen her this year, and that she turned up to Buckingham Palace with men in suits, which sounds like you know loose terminology for a group of lawyers who were coming into the palace so it's getting murkier and murkier and the fact is um were they potentially trying to bury evidence or get their story straight or try and discredit her as a witness there are so many questions that have been opened of these two interviews and his decision his fateful decision to go ahead and do that interview um when potentially it, it wasn't getting a lot of traction in the uk and now it, that decision for him to, to speak out as that as absolutely um, um, means it's exploded um, and there's no way back for him. Um, I'm just going to read quickly the uh, palace statement, which is it is emphatically denied that the Duke of York had any form of sexual contact or relationship with with Virginia Roberts. Any claim to the contrary is false. Um, the thing that I also kind of really noticed in the Panorama documentary that I didn't notice so much when it was in the Newsnight interview when there were so many different bits was when when he was asked whether he regretted his friendship mm. with Epstein. And I think... It tells you a lot about his um, thinking. Yeah, and, I, uh, and, you know, um, a kind of a... I don't know, if it, if it was me, my answer would probably be... In a, you know of course I do I, like I regret what happened to his victims I regret that I was uh, I remained friends with him probably longer than I should have done I still tried to see the good in him but you know clearly that was that was not how things should have been but it was his his was a very business pragmatic kind of approach to yeah. it of like the access I got and the people I met through being friends with him was was essentially worth all of this you know of course, all, worth all of this whirlwind that he is now absolutely. he is now living through essentially or you know it was just it was kind yeah. of mind-boggling that he could still say i'm glad we were friends well it isn't it isn't but i mean it is but him saying that i mean anyone with um you know one iota of empathy for the what these poor women have gone through would say of course it was, uh, you know, it was um, a catastrophic decision I made. I am eternally sorry. Uh, I have full empathy for the victims of Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, and, you know, we could go on. But the very fact that he let his um, absolute ego and arrogance get in the way and suggest that, you know, he couldn't even bring himself to say that he regretted his friendship because he he saw that he had benefited from it. And whether that was learning from him as a business mind or being introduced to wealthy and powerful people that Epstein no doubt you know had also transfixed in his um, very, very dark web of deceit and, and his life. Uh, the fact that Andrew thought that that was acceptable to say that, I think was that was the nail in the coffin as far as I was concerned. That 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 finished him there and then. But by saying that he, you know, he he didn't he didn't regret um, associating with him, um, and that and that will 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 forever hang over him, even if he is uh, proved innocent of all these allegations that people are making against him the very fact that he couldn't bring himself to say he regretted the relationship will uh, will forever live on um, unfortunately for him um last week when we spoke you uh referenced prince charles going straight to see prince philip um to discuss yes. sort of you know probably say hi hi dad how have you been but 
oh my god how do we, how are we going to Gosh, deal yeah. with um, the, with this situation I imagine that this would have been mentioned after you know, hi, how are you? I think that they were, he'd obviously rushed straight to Sandringham to see his father, to seek his counsel. Um, well, I know that to, to exactly what happened, to seek his counsel on this crisis that was, um, you know, still ongoing and is still ongoing. So he's obviously rushed there to see him. William had obviously done an investiture and went to go and see the Queen. Them two had William and Charles, no doubt, came together to discuss what um, what you know had been said by both the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh. And now it, it appears that um, Charles has summoned uh, Andrew to Sandringham, and they they have had this showdown that was uh, being widely reported, you know, week before last when um, when Charles was still away on his tour. Uh, some of the aides were frantically suggesting that that wasn't going to happen. And uh, lo and behold, it has happened, as, you know, as we were rightly saying it would have done. So Charles was obviously furious that his brother had, um, had had made this decision, dragged not only his name but the royal family's name completely through the mud, and um, and totally um, overshadowed Charles's tour, where he was talking about very very important issues like climate change that no that nobody was talking about, and it didn't even get a look in because of this scandal that was uh, that, um, that was kicking off at the time. Um, the royal source quoted in the Sun story about this is uh, it was all very civilized and calm, but. Charles calmly read him the riot act and told him there was no way back for him in the near future. Andrew thought he was being treated harshly as nothing has yet been proved against him, but he accepted the decision. He really had little choice. I mean, it's that kind of, the idea of someone calmly reading you the riot act is kind of quite devastating. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 absolutely over for him. Even his own fa- you know, his family are telling him it's he's over for him. Uh, and again, I think that's quite telling that that quote by saying that he thinks he's been treated unfairly. Well, that is just absolutely ridiculous because the level of revulsion from his own uh, performance and going back to this central point of him not expressing regret or um, you know, w- empathy, willing to admit yeah. that, empathy, or willing to admit that he was wrong because you know he. And coming out with these crazy excuses for it was a convenient place to stay and he hadn't seen anything even though Epstein's place was like a railway uh, station. I mean, it's just absolutely um, staggering how he thinks that, uh, he, that he hasn't done anything wrong because ultimately he's, um, that, that, that's the central point at the moment, regardless of whether these allegations are uh, true or not. I think that's um, the, the very fact that he didn't... Uh, regret his, his decisions um we'll we'll long hang over him yes and i can imagine we will be touching on this subject again in um mm. in future months um once you once you fly back and come home what have uh what's what's coming up is there anything exciting but we'll get into christmas season relatively soon um oh one exciting thing which you might have missed while you're away uh so every so there's a big comp- football competition in the UK called the FA Cup. Uh, the first weekend in January is traditionally when all of the the is the third round of the FA Cup. It's a big deal, um, and traditionally in the UK, all football matches always in the olden days before everything was shown on telly or lots of things were shown on telly. Everything would start at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, um, and as a heads together initiative, all of the third round of the FA Cup games are going to start a minute late so that people can take a minute for their mental health. Which is a lovely Very touch. Good. Well, on that on that point, actually, I'll just um, give a quick heads up to well, 
no pun intended, uh-huh. uh, to the engagement I went to uh, last week, which was with Duke of Cambridge at um, West Bromwich Albion Football Club. Now, that probably won't mean a lot to people outside of the UK or those not interested in football. Uh, they are the rivals, the, the Midlands rivals of Williams' team, Aston Villa. But the reason he was going there was to talk about... Um, the heads up campaign that he's running, going around football clubs trying to use you know, our national game that has millions of people playing each week uh, and trying to open up the conversation, not only getting men to talk about their mental health, but getting women involved in the game to talk about it as well. And um, it was it, that was really, really interesting because this is obviously one of his big, big uh, issues about mental health. And obviously he's a big football fan. He's president of the Football Association. But talking to two players who are well known in the game about how that they had had male uh, members of their friends and family who had um, unfortunately very sadly and tragically committed suicide so that got um, it was a really really good engagement I think we're going to see a lot more of this as the season progresses as well Uh, so William's a busy boy at the moment is busy boy um well you've been a busy boy as well so thank you for finding time in your in your busy schedule to um to skype with me and i apologize for giving you a fright on the video of it because i look very very tired oh yeah no that's fine oh there'll be a picture up <laughs> picture up an unusual studio Gosh. selfie on the instagram this week at pod save so do come over there and say hello i must remember i must put up our our post for 2019 to uh, for you all to share your highlights so that we can um, share them, yes. share them with listeners oh. in a future episode. So, Russell, you've got you've got your flight home from Oman to have a think Coming about what your highlights are and all of that. Um, so, yeah, and I'm sure you will have well, a, a few what, more engagements been, before Christmas as well. It's been a very very busy year, and I can't wait to do that that um, that pod because we have an awful lot to talk about. It's been very very busy indeed. It has been very busy, but for tonight, I will let you um, go enjoy. In, enjoy Amon the rest of your time there and listeners thank you for joining us and until next time Pod save the queen <laughs> <laughs>